Well, as I said at the beginning, Merry Christmas. Yes, it is still Christmas, believe it or not. We didn't just not take the trees down. Uh, it started on the 25th. It'll continue all the way until January 5th, through January 5th, until we hit the 6th, which is Epiphany, and in some ways, part of Christmas as well, as we remember the coming of the Magi and the revealing of Jesus to all of the nations. We are not done yet, so don't stop yet. And if you're a guest among us this morning, it's, I just want to say it's great to have you here, and we are continuing one of the greatest parties of the year. Thank you so much for celebrating with us today. Let me pray for us as we begin. Lord Jesus, for the opportunity to be here today, to sing the songs we've sung, to receive the gift of your word in the presence of the people around us. Lord, we pray that you move in us again today. We know that you are not just a God of the past, but one of the present and the future. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, I love giving gifts that people enjoy, especially this time of year. And I'll admit, I'm not always the best at this, uh, and I, I often tend toward food-related things. You could ask my family uh, about this. I mean, uh, this year, uh, and as I have in, in years past, I continue the tradition of uh, weird sugary cereals as part of their Christmas gifts. You know, the, the random ones that you see that only come out like seasonally and that kind of stuff. Uh, so, like, um, like hearing the screams uh, of my kids each and every year as they grab their box and like, oh, what are we getting this year? And they rip it all over and they're like, yeah, Fruit Loops with marshmallows, yes! <laughs> and, you know, they've learned over the years to like drop hints along the way. Hey, Dad, these ones look good. Hey, what about those? Uh, these would be awesome. Like, I got you. I got you. Or, or new this year, uh, inspired by my experience at Thanksgiving when we're preparing the green bean casserole and my wife had to keep like slapping their hands away from the French fried onions that are going to go on top. And like, we're going to run out of these. So they each got a bag of those in their stockings. And there was joy and much rejoicing uh, over those as well. Uh, but, but maybe uh, I'm most excited uh, because they love Big B and and we found some syrups to go with the coffees, uh, and they're like, yes, pumpkin spice latte all year. <laughs> or the s'mores one that went away because it's seasonal. Yeah, we're going to try to make it at our house for the next couple months. So we're looking forward to not only enjoying these, but uh, uh, enjoying them with our friends and family as well. But maybe more uh, fun than all of the giving was watching them give. And they, had, they have some jobs now, so they've got a little more money to work with and things. Uh, and watching them have the same anticipation and excitement in giving. And watching their sisters, their mom, open up just the gift that they had picked out for them. And watching them just sort of, oh, it's awesome. It gave me as much joy in watching that as in giving gifts. I don't know about you, but Christmas, some might say it's not all about the gifts, but and that's true, but it certainly is about giving and getting gifts. Christmas is when we pull out all the stops and once again tell the story of the most generous gift the world has ever received. And as we continue in the Christmas season today, we continue celebrating the gift of Jesus, God's Son, sent into the world to save the world. He is the most generous gift 
because he changes not just our Christmas day, but your every day. It's a story that's been told for almost 2,000 years, and no matter how busy people are, the world stops and listens to this story. And I think it's because it's a mundane story filled with mystery and miracle. It is a phenomenal mix. On the one hand, you've got the mundane story of a, a man and a woman in love with each other. Heard that one before. They get engaged. Woo-hoo. Check. Got it. After this, they decide to move toward the death do us part journey and both find out that Mary's pregnant and Joseph's not the dad. Sadly, heard this story before too. Like most men, Joseph uh, figures the relationship's not going to work off, getting off on a foot like that, so he decides to break the engagement quietly, but then he has a dream that changes his mind, because in the dream, an angel reveals to him that baby that's growing in Mary is God's son, supernaturally put there by God himself. Yeah, right. However, Joseph is a man of faith, and he knows the world consists of mystery and miracle, which he cannot logically explain. And he believes the dream and moves forward with plan A. Mary had received the same miraculous message, but hers was was face-to-face. I guess if you're the one carrying God's son, you get a little bit more of a personal uh, take on this. I don't know. But even if it didn't make sense to her on a lot of levels, she also, a woman of faith, believed the message. And she carried that son. And then she hops on a donkey for some IRS headcount 80 miles from home. Normally a four-day journey on a donkey, but a great with child uh, riding on a donkey woman probably took a little bit longer. They're waiting with the crowds in Bethlehem when she goes into labor, has the baby. All the hotels are full. They had a a barn with a feeding trough, wrap the baby in some linen scraps that are just laying around there and lay that baby in where the animals normally eat. So far, I'm counting three, maybe four miracles. Let me show you what I see. Number one, how how the baby got in Mary in the first place, divine intervention. We call that incarnation, as in God becoming flesh. Number two, you've got the angel appearing to Mary, not an everyday kind of thing. Number three, there's Joseph's dream. You can't chalk that up to Uncle Ed's Christmas dip. And if you look at Joseph's response in light of today's culture, the fact that he stuck with her, dude, that's a miracle. (laughs) But there's more. Before you know it, a whole bunch of shepherds are there on the scene, and they've been out taking care of sheep, and yeah, that's right, another angel appeared, only this time, real shiny, scares them, living daylights out of them. He tells them to chill out. I've got good news for you, great joy, that when you go to Bethlehem, you're going to find a baby lying in a feeding trough, and then you will have found the newborn savior of the world. The king that everyone has been waiting for. And to drive the whole point home, a whole crew of angels show up and join in the birth announcement. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. 
And since it's not every night that shepherds get this kind of wake-up call, they head over to Bethlehem, find everything just like the angels had said, and they tell Mary and the whole world what they had been told. And Mary, we're told, holds everything close, wondering, pondering, what does it mean? And how her life was about to change. Which, there's a lesson there. Anytime the Christmas baby sets up shop in your life, your life changes. I wonder how often Mary mulled over those miracles, pondering them in her heart. How often do you? A little while after this, some wise men would show up and tell how they had followed a miraculous star to find Jesus, and then another angel would warn Joseph to move the family to Egypt so uh, Jesus wouldn't die as an infant. Who knows what other miracles Mary mulled over? Maybe Jesus made the grass stop at just the perfect height so that no one had to mow. Uh, Maybe the dishes never got dirty, no matter how long they sat on the counter. I doubt it. But nevertheless, I do know that when you're on Mary's side of the miracle, it changes your outlook. For later, when uh, Jesus is a grown man, Mary got to go to a wedding, Jesus along with her, and they run out of wine. And Mary says to Jesus, hey, they're out of wine. And Jesus says, like, yeah, that's not my problem. And like a mom who's lived with miracles the whole of her life, simply turns to the servants and says, do whatever he tells you to do. And sure enough, four massive jars of water turn into four massive jars of wine, and good wine at that. Mind you, this was before the full-grown Christmas baby restored the sight of the blind, restored the legs of the lame, before he healed deaf people, leprous people, crazy demon-possessed people. He, it was before he ever walked on water or quieted stormy water or told miraculously a woman her whole entire life story over a cup of noonday water at a well, before Jesus fed 5,000 with five loaves and two fish and told his followers that when they celebrated the Lord's Supper, he was literally feeding them himself. That's a scratcher-head miracle. And we're about to taste and see the Lord is good at this table, for that same bread and wine will come to us, his body and blood for our forgiveness. Ponder that miracle. Before all of that, Mary had already seen enough to understand that whatever the situation, Jesus is going to do a miracle. He's going to exert his power because that's what he came here to do, to bring his powerful, kingly love to the world through his actions. So she's used to it, used to miracles surrounding him. So now she expects them. They are the new norm when you live with Jesus. What happens in Bethlehem doesn't stay in Bethlehem. You and I, though, we forget that. Maybe don't believe that. I mean, for real, if if you see a miracle, we usually try to explain it away. 
like one time, a pastor friend of mine, his name is Bill Wolseley, a guy who I collaborated with in creative ideas, and I appreciate his generosity as we put together this message. So, so he was praying over a man that was near death from a heart attack, asking Jesus, Lord, heal this man, bring restoration to him, and all of a sudden, he was miraculously better. And the doctor walks back into the room. Not, not just a little better, like all the way better. And the doctor comes back in. Well, what's happening? And, you know, being a pastor, he pointed him to Jesus and his prayer. Nope. He said, ah, the meds must have kicked in. But the doctor says, I don't think so. They don't work that quick. And there, a doctor was helping a pastor see a miracle. Miracles are not our norm, especially if you're the logical type. We're more practical, like things to be more explainable. We tend toward the natural explanation. Miracles, though, are supernatural, and therefore we dole them out maybe like, like, like once in a lifetime. Well, not really. I, you know, because when we bump up against things that are outside of our control, out of our hands, without thinking, we hope for a miracle— when grades don't add up to passing, we need a miracle. When she's turned you down every other time you've asked her out, boy, you need a miracle. When people close to me hear it's cancer, we start praying for a miracle. When some in a pinch in their business, they find themselves looking for a cash influx miracle, or maybe a marriage miracle, or maybe a high school graduation miracle. What we're really saying is we need God to do something that only God can do. We need Him to act because it's beyond us. Do you realize that pretty much everything that happens in the course of your day is beyond you? The Christmas story is about a God who came from beyond you to be just like you and to rescue you. The biggest miracle of Christmas is that Jesus came to earth in the first place simply because of you. And because he came to earth, God is now pleased with you. And that's a miracle because I know what you're like. You're like me. We pretend that God is happy with all of our junk or that we don't need fixing or healing or that God's blind or ignorant or doesn't care. But the Bible tells us, the Bible shows us, Jesus has shown us, he definitely cares. Jesus came because what's broken with the world is exactly what's broken with me and with you. That brokenness that causes high school kids to shoot at other high school kids, husbands to abuse their wives, children to abuse, to disobey their parents. The brokenness that leads me to speak with unthinking arrogance for how my words will land in the ears of my kids or my wife. It's brokenness is called sin. It's a tendency toward doing what serves me or looks best from my perspective. It's what destroys marriages and friendships. It's what causes you to not want your relatives to visit or wishes your ex was swimming with the fishes. 
It's what festers inside over being wronged that maybe now looks like bitterness or anger or depression. It's what causes us to be mean without cause, to criticize without cause, to give up hope, to consider taking so many pills we'll never wake up. Whatever is wrong in our world, everything that is wrong in you, Jesus came to fix that. To stand in your place and to give you grace, to take your punishment for your disobedience and to forgive you, to make amends for your selfish heart that you can't cover up in new makeup or a new suit. To remove your sin from you so that it can no longer be held against you to live perfectly because you can't and frankly, you don't even want to. Jesus came because you are valuable in God's sight. You're the diamond in the engagement ring. You're the picture above his mantle. You're the one that makes his face smile each and every morning. He loves you dearly, more than you love yourself. See, the biggest miracle of Christmas is that Jesus isn't the reason for the season. You are. Ponder that. You and I are why the baby was born. The baby Christ, the child might be the center of Christmas, but the reason for the season is you. He came for you. And the biggest, most incredible Christmas miracle that continues year long is that because of Jesus and the work he did, God is pleased with you. God loved you so much that he sent Jesus into Mary and placed Mary in Bethlehem. And from Bethlehem, the miracles have never ceased. The miracle of Christmas is that God came to live with man so that man can live with God. That when you live with Jesus, you, we should be expecting miracles in our mundane because that's what the baby brings. So what if this? What if starting tomorrow, Maybe even today, you expected mystery and miracles in your mundane. Not in some cheesy way, but, but, but in a way that says, the Jesus of Christmas is my God, and when he works in the world, miracles happen. His reign, his power, his things break in. His power to restore, to reframe, to bring relief continues to work and be at work among us. What if I lived my life this way? What if daily, as I got myself ready for work or my kids ready for school, I invited Jesus into our day and encouraged my kids to look for him, or my spouse, or my coworkers over the course of the day? What if every day as I asked the Christmas Jesus who started the world on a new path, what if I asked him to start my friendships, my family relationships, my marriage on a new forgiveness-rich path? What if I gave him entry into my family when everything's going well, not just when it's gone to pot? What if I asked him how to spend my money while it's still there, 
rather than when it's gone? What if every day I anticipated the Christmas baby doing his thing, bringing his miraculous to my mundane? The Christmas story has been told for almost 2,000 years. How our Father God in his ultimate love sent his Son of the same nature as the Father, fully God, born as a man to redeem mankind. And everywhere he went, in every life he moved, and he brought miracles of healing, of restoration, and of hope. He wants to do that in your life as well. What if you just prayed, Lord, give me eyes to see? For he is doing it. I know that for some of us, we're here and because it's holiday break time, and we're normally so busy, and, and maybe just you being here is a miracle. <laughs> Me, I just think it's Jesus at work. The Christmas baby is doing his thing. He changed the world almost 2,000 years ago, and he wants to change your world today. My prayer is that you'll let him, that you'll receive the baby Jesus as the Savior born for you to forgive you and to restore you, to give you a life full of miracles and mystery, not just at Christmas, but all year. For he'll continue to bring his miraculous and your mundane, and that's worth pondering in your heart all year. Merry Christmas. May the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.